Hello and a warm welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. The mission for this show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle-related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and prioritize yourself, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. Do you have a chronic illness and are overwhelmed with advice or conflicting information? My book Hope in a Dark Tunnel gives you actionable steps to create your path back to well-being and positivity, hope and resilience without false promises. Head to www.hopeinadarktunnel.com. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Hello and welcome. Today I'm delighted to welcome back Dr. Tom O'Brien and today we're going to be talking about how you can fix your brain. So welcome to you Dr. Tom. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Yes, so Dr. Tom just remind us what it is that you actually do so that we're all on the same page. I travel the world teaching about functional medicine and applying functional medicine principles to dealing with whatever health issue it is that someone's dealing with. And uh, I think I would give you this analogy on that. Uh, When someone goes to a doctor, it's like they have fallen over a waterfall and they've crashed into the pond below. You know, you swim up to the surface. (laughs) They cut them alive, you know, spitting out the water. And then you're trying to stay afloat in this pond of diabetes or this pond of recurrent miscarriages, or this pond of rheumatoid arthritis, whatever disease you find yourself being diagnosed with, all of a sudden you're in this pond. But the water is very turbulent in the pond because the waterfall keeps falling into the pond. So the water's really turbulent. You're still living the lifestyle that caused the problem. But everybody's trained to go after a life jacket. So everybody wants a life jacket to stay afloat in the pond of diabetes, and that's some medication, or in the pond of high blood pressure, and that's some medication. And of course you want a life jacket when you're in the pond of high blood pressure. Of course you do. And you try for the ones that are uh, least toxic, less side effects whenever possible, but if the natural things don't work, you take the drugs. Don't be silly but then you don't stay in the pond. You swim over to the side of the pond, get out of the water, walk up the hill, walk back up river and figure out what fell in the river. They carried me downstream and I fell over a waterfall into the pond of diabetes. So you have to go back upstream. It's called going upstream and look at why did I get diabetes or why did I get seizures or why did my son get diagnosed with attention deficit? And in the meantime, you stay with the life jackets that keep you functioning and safe, but you go back upstream to figure out why this happened. And that's the world of functional medicine. That's a beautiful analogy, because I think it's just so rich in a lot of metaphors there. So yeah, yeah, you do need the life jacket, but it's not staying in the pond. So that's a great takeaway. So Dr. Tom, what made you decide to write your book, You Can Fix Your Brain? Ah. Uh, As I um, have been teaching about autoimmune diseases, because autoimmune mechanisms 
are the number one mechanism in getting diagnosed with the disease, whether it's heart disease or cancer or rheumatoid arthritis or psoriasis or lupus, uh, whatever diagnosis you get. Um, atherosclerosis, the hardening of our arteries, is an autoimmune mechanism. And we think the number one cause of getting sick and dying in the world is heart disease. Well, no, that's the number one symptom. The number one cause is your immune system being activated, trying to protect you and creating an autoimmune mechanism. That's the number one cause. Now, the number one manifestation or symptom of that is cardiovascular disease. So we think we focus on cardiovascular. No, that's the life jacket, the medications, right? So in looking at autoimmunity, I found 15 years ago or more that wheat sensitivity is a primary contributor to many, many different autoimmune mechanisms. And that's why there's over 20,000, 23,000 studies on wheat and um, how it affects your body. Uh, so I, I cut my teeth studying about wheat and I learned that the manifestation of wheat sensitivities, wheat was, well, here's how I'd say it. Every degenerative disease, almost every degenerative disease is a disease of inflammation. At the cellular level, the, uh, uh, the cell's on fire. So the question is, is it a kidney cell or a brain cell? Is it gasoline or kerosene? And when you look at it that way, you start to have some realizations of how you fell in the pond of whatever the symptoms are you have. So I learned about all this through wheat and, I saw, and reading the studies about wheat and teaching about wheat sensitivity. And I saw that it triggers the autoimmune mechanism. And as I studied the autoimmune mechanism and wrote the book, The Autoimmune Fix, I learned that the number one symptom that people get uh, with wheat sensitivity as an example, only one person out of eight has gut symptoms when they eat wheat. The vast majority don't, seven out of eight don't. They have brain symptoms or liver symptoms or kidney symptoms, but the brain is the most common system of the body that will manifest when something's out of balance. It's your brain. Everyone knows someone who, uh, but we, you know, we're afraid. We're afraid to look at the brain. We, we don't know what to do when we think about brain problems or brain dysfunction. Everyone knows someone who had a heart attack and survived, changed their diet, started exercising, and they're doing so much better than they've done in years. Most of us know someone who was diagnosed with cancer and they came through the other side of it and they're doing great, it's in remission. No one knows anyone diagnosed with a brain deterioration disease who's doing good. So we're all scared of this one and we don't know what to do and our doctors don't know what to do. That's why I wrote, you can fix your brain. One, one hour a week to the best memory, productivity and sleep you've ever had, one hour a week. And why do I say that? Because it's overwhelming. As you start learning this stuff, it's overwhelming. And if you try to learn it all at once, you just oh, forget about that. You throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? So if you allocate one hour a week to this and just learn one more thing, then six months from now, 
you've got this down for you and your family. You've really learned so much and you've implemented so many different things. Oh my gosh, my brain's working as good as it was three years ago. You'll, you'll have moments like that where you realize all these little things you're doing are really important. Yes, and what I understand, Dr. Tom, is that things like those deteriorative brain diseases, they don't happen overnight. They have happened from a lifestyle of choices and the environment that we live in. And in your book, you, you talk about, well, I've heard of leaky gut, but you talk about leaky brain. So can you just share why you use that term and what it is? Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, it's a really important term. And I coined a term in the book that I hope becomes common language within a year. It's capital B number four, B4. Do you have a breach of the blood-brain barrier? And the um, researchers talk about breaches of the blood-brain barrier. And by, by definition, you don't get brain inflammation, killing off brain cells, unless you have a breach of the blood-brain barrier. Trauma does it, um, head trauma does it, um, playing soccer uh, in Europe, and I think in Australia they call it football. Uh, unfortunately, we're, we're the only ones in the US that have a different name for it, as arrogant as we are. We change names of things to accommodate us. The rest of the world calls it football, we don't. How silly is that? But you know, for kids that are going to soccer practice or to football practice, and they're doing head butts. They hit the ball with their head 10, 15, 20 times a day in practice or more. Those are minor traumas, and they cause a breach of the blood-brain barrier. And the best way to understand B4 is to understand the leaky gut. People have, under, have heard for a number of years now about leaky gut, and that's more commonly known. Mrs. Patient, your intestines are a tube that starts at the mouth and goes to the other end. It's about 20, 25 feet long, kind of winds around inside there. The inside, so, and if, if you think of a donut, if you stretch a donut out and you look down the center of the donut, down in the intestines, when you swallow food, it's not in your body, it's in the tube. And the food has to be broken up, that's digestion, smaller and smaller and smaller until it's so small the inside of the tube is lined with cheesecloth. And so the, the food has to be broken down so small that the tiny, tiny little molecules go right through the cheesecloth into the bloodstream. And then it goes off to the rest of the body. Then the food's in your body. So when it's in the tube, it's not really in the body yet. And that cheesecloth, if you get tears in the cheesecloth, then larger molecules of that food can get into the bloodstream before they should. And that's what the leaky gut is. And in the autoimmune fix, we explain how that sets the whole stage for autoimmune diseases. You, you have a cheesecloth around your brain. It's called the blood-brain barrier. And it's made up of many of the same components as the cheesecloth in the gut. So when you have a leaky brain, I'm sorry, when you have a leaky gut, you're very, very likely to also have a leaky brain. And when you have a leaky brain, these big molecules get into the brain that aren't supposed to be allowed into the brain. They're okay in the blood, but they're not supposed to get into the brain. But if you have a leaky brain, if you've got B4, a breach of the blood-brain barrier, and these molecules get in, 
we have four different immune systems in the body. And the one in the brain, it's the separate immune system. It's called the glial cells. And the, one of the immune systems in the bloodstream is antibodies. Your body makes antibodies to fight foods. Antibodies are like special forces with high-powered rifles. They're going through the bloodstream and they're firing their high-powered rifles, destroying whatever it is they're looking for. But the glial cells in the brain, they're just standing guard inside the brain. If anything gets in there, they don't have high-powered rifles. They have bazookas. And they just go boom! To, they're very powerful to destroy whatever is trying to get into the brain, a bacteria, uh, 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 food particles, any contaminant, any remnants of bacteria called lipopolysaccharides, any of that stuff. If it gets in the brain, you activate the glial cells and they're firing bazookas. That's not a problem. Thank God we've got that. The problem is that if you keep eating the foods, as an example, that can cause B4, the breach of the blood-brain barrier, so you have B4 every day, it doesn't heal and go back to normal because you keep eating the wrong foods all the time, like casein in milk is notorious for causing a breach of the blood-brain barrier. There's actually some studies that talk about casein as being the trigger for sudden infant death syndrome because it causes B4 and it can cause the inflammation in that area of the brain where breathing occurs for infants. So if they have a sensitivity to milk and to casein, they get a breach of the blood-brain barrier and the inflammation in the brain can be the trigger that stops the baby from breathing. A couple of papers have been written on that in the last couple of years. So B4 is nothing to you know, take lightly. I mean, it can cause a lot of problems for us. And it is the mechanism for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and seizures and attention deficit and brain fog and uh, uh, schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and depression and anxiety. If you're not sure about this, just go to Google and type in anxiety or depression and blood-brain barrier or depression and inflammation. And you will see these brain dysfunction diseases are diseases of inflammation. So the goal here is to learn how, what fell in the river that carried me downstream and I fell over the waterfall into the pond of brain dysfunction. Why am I forgetting where I put my keys? Why is that happening? And when you learn that a wheat sensitivity may be the problem, maybe, then you'll do the right test to see, do I have a wheat sensitivity? Or do I have a dairy sensitivity? Or do I have bacterial infections? So the book is about many of the common triggers and then what to do if you have those triggers. For example, in the book, I didn't think to pull this out ahead of time. Well, I'll show you this one first. Look at this title, Opportunistic Pathogens Enriched in Showerheads that your shower head can house a whole lot of bacteria and you turn the shower on, you get in the shower and it hits you right in the face and if it's got a lot of bacteria in the biofilm in the shower head, you get smothered with mycobacterium, tuberculosis, or with strep infections, you know, strep bacteria, and it just goes and you just breathe it right in and you never know that that's happening to you. You never know. 
But what I wanted to show you, that, so that's just one example, and there are many like that. Uh, but this one, a smell test may sniff out oncoming Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. There's a simple smell test that you can do that it's like a, a lottery card, scratch and sniff. So you scratch and then sniff. Oh, that smells like strawberry. And then you see, yep, strawberry it is. And you do a sniff test. And we talk about how to do these things in the book. And if you don't score well on the sniff test, it's not a problem of your nose. It's a problem of the nerves in your brain. And it's an early marker of a much higher risk for seniors, especially for mortality in the next five years. They have over a 35% increased risk of dying from something in the next five years if they fail the smell test. Wow. So why, why is that important? Well, not, not because it's not that you're going to die, but rather, hey, you got a problem. Now let's nip it in the bud before it gets any worse. And then that's the motivation for you to read the book and then say, oh my goodness, yes, okay, what do I do? Okay, I have to find out what the triggers are that are causing the inflammation in my brain. So first I have to see, do I have inflammation in my brain? So you do the right test for that. And we talk about what those tests are. And then you say, okay, I do have inflammation. That's not good, but what do I do? Okay, here's the triggers that can set off the inflammation. Do I have that? I don't know. Oh, look, I don't have that one. Okay, do I have, oh, I've got this one. Okay, well, I have to stop eating wheat or whatever it is that you find. But this is a manual for you to understand the mechanisms of what causes brain deterioration before you get to the point of no return. Dr. Tom, in the beginning there, you spoke about sort of the physical injury to the brain, but how does a toxic environment that we live in impact the brain? Oh, goodness. Um, in the mid-90s, 1990s, um, every dog that they did autopsy on in Mexico City had evidence of Alzheimer's. Every dog. Every one. In the mid-2000s, the urine test came out. In late 2000s, 2008, 2009, the blood test came out looking for evidence of the mechanisms of inflammation in the brain that causes Alzheimer's. Every child they checked in Mexico City has evidence of this. Every child. Why? Because the air pollution is so bad in Mexico City. And we now know that 60 to 65% of Alzheimer's cases tend to be what's called inhalation Alzheimer's. There's three different types. And inhalation is the most common. 60 to 65% are inhalation. It's what you're breathing. Mrs. Patient, if you go on vacation for a week or two, when you come home, do you have to open the windows to air the house out? Oh, yeah. You've got mold. You're breathing mold every day in your house. Oh, it's not so bad. No, it's not so bad. So it's not so bad. It makes you sick. So you think it's okay, but it's killing your brain. Cell by cell by cell, it's killing your brain. Oh, it's not so bad. We'll put that on your tombstone. He said it's not so bad because it's killing off your... So if you have evidence of inflammation in your brain, then you just have to explore what are the triggers. And a very common trigger is the air you're breathing. So I guess we, we sort of living in this environment, not knowing. And we also, you also talk about electromagnetic fields. And so 
I've been doing a lot of work in this with people who can't sleep, you know, the clients of mine who can't sleep. And so what's your view of the impact on electromagnetic fields on the brain? In the brain, I talk about uh, there are four platforms that you have to consider for any health problem. It's a pyramid, and there are four sides to a pyramid. There's a base, and then there's three sides going up. The base is your structure. That's the home of chiropractic and massage and Alexander technique and Feldenkrais and sacral occipital technique and all of these mechanical approaches to dealing with health. And a mechanical problem can be at the root of any symptom anywhere in your body. It may be mechanical. That's the base. One side is the biochemistry. And the pharmaceutical industry has made sure, we all know about the biochemistry. You get a symptom, you ask, what's the drug? So we want a drug to get rid of the symptom. But we all know that the food we eat, the liquids we drink, the air we breathe, that's all biochemistry. And we, we know it affects your health. The second side on the pyramid of health is your spiritual or emotional side. And we all have heard of stinking thinking and what we think can create the world around us. And any symptom may be because of the psychological or spiritual side of the triangle of health. And the third side to the triangle of health is the electromagnetic. Never before in the history of humanity have we had this, this uh, threat to our health that we have now. Um, I was in a restaurant last night and I checked for internet, you know, or wireless in the area. There were 17 different wireless networks that my phone registered. That means 17 different radio frequencies hitting my head at the same time. That by itself, no, there's no evidence that one ever is a problem. But it's the accumulative damage of constant electromagnetic pollution. So when people can't sleep, as an example, put the alarm clock, get it away from the nightstand next to your head. Put it over on the other side of the room. Turn off the wireless at night. You don't need wireless on when you're sleeping, right? Uh, uh, stop wearing watches with batteries. Don't wear Fitbits. And then people often notice they start sleeping so much better in a very short period of time that sometimes the electromagnetics are the side of the pyramid that have to be addressed primarily, sometimes. And um, Dr. Tom, you talk about knowing your own biomarkers. And can you just explain what they are and why it's important to know them? In 1986, my ex and I were driving home from a summer vacation uh, with kids in the car. It was a 90-90 day. That means 90 degrees humidity, uh, humidity, 90 degree temperature and 90% humidity. Uh, that's 90 degree Fahrenheit. I don't know what Celsius is, but that's pretty hot. And 90% humidity is a very sticky day. But we're driving on the highway doing 70 miles an hour and air conditioning on, listening to some music. Kids are playing in the back seat of the minivan. And that car had a temperature gauge on the dashboard. It had four gauges. One was, a, there was an oil gauge and a fuel gauge, but temperature gauge. And I noticed that the temperature gauge was slowly rising towards the red zone. Now, 
Some cars don't have gauges like that. They just have a hot light. And if the hot light comes on, you know you have to pull over real soon or you're gonna blow up the engine. Nobody keeps driving with the hot light on because we think more of our cars than that. Uh, some cars have a temperature gauge and it, the temperature gauge was slowly starting to climb. And when it got to almost in the red zone, I said, oh no. And my wife said, what's wrong? I said, oh, the engine's about to overheat. Oh my God, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. So what did I do? I saw the problem that was about to happen. I slowed down from 70 to 55 miles an hour, turned off the air conditioning to take the load off of the engine, rolled down the windows because it was so hot, listened to the kids complaining about how hot it was, but we made it home okay, right? Because I saw the problem that was about to happen. That's a biomarker. And there are many biomarkers in your body, like the sniff test. It's a biomarker. It doesn't diagnose anything. It just says, it's likely you've got a problem here. So blood tests that look for antibodies are biomarkers because they're telling you, you've got a problem here before it gets so bad that it's obvious, right? So the book has a number of biomarkers that you look at and you see, oh, yeah, that kind of sounds like I could have that. Check it out. So you check it out and see. Vitamin D levels are a biomarker. They're critically important. And many people have heard uh, uh, high vitamin D levels, healthy vitamin D levels reduce your risk of autoimmune diseases. And that's true, they do. Uh, so it's a biomarker. When you have a low vitamin D, we know this person's gonna get something. Wherever the weak link is in their chain, they're gonna get it because they've got low vitamin D. So in the book, we can find all these things out. And so that leaves me with the question is, what legacy are you wanting to create with your book, You Can Fix Your Brain, Dr. Tom? Oh, that's a nice question. I guess the legacy would be, that guy really helped me understand what I had to do to protect the brains of myself and my family. Now I know how to protect our brains. Because... We don't have time to mess around anymore. We just don't have time. Uh, the World Wildlife Fund published a study three years ago now that identified 58% uh, loss in population of everything on the planet with a spine. Insects, birds, fish, mammals, 58% are gone in 41 years between 1970 and, uh, 2000 and 2011. 41 years. For the birds, it was 35%. For the mammals living near fresh water, it's 78%. 78% of the beavers are gone. The porcupines, they're gone. Not to come back, they're gone. Why? They're drinking the water. And if you were drinking the water coming out of the stream by your house, you'd get cancer quicker. You'd be unable to reproduce just like the animals. And the second study is a meta-analysis. That means they look at a number of studies on one subject. And this was between 1974 and 2011. So 37 years, almost the same time period. And the top, 186 studies. And the topic was sperm count in healthy men. And what they identified is that there's been a 59% reduction in sperm count in 37 years. 59%. 
that doesn't mean anything to anyone until you learn that scientists worry about extinction of a species if the males lose 72% or more of their sperm. And we're at 59% in 37 years. What do you think is going to happen in the next 20 years? And so we don't have time to mess around. So when people learn, my, my goal here is, and why I picked the brain is because people don't know and they're terrified of their brain. So if I can empower them to protect their brain, the things you do to protect your brain actually protect your entire body. And the way you protect your brain is to get rid of the plastic in our world. And so you'll become one that lobbies to reduce plastic. And the toxic chemicals in the environment, the GMO foods in our environment, the heavy metals in our environment, you start learning about all this stuff and how it affects your brain, it actually affects your whole body. So the legacy, my desire, would be that people realize, I learned a lot of how to protect my family by reading that book. That's wonderful, Dr. Tom. And to close, what are your tips for living fabulously? So if you could tell me two or three things that I should do each and every day to, in my one hour. <laughs> Wear red dresses and red lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, drink two large glasses of water as soon as you wake up in the morning. Everybody goes to the bathroom first. That's normal. Right after that, though, two big glasses of water right away. And you, you're hydrating and you're getting your body ready for the day. That's the first thing. The second thing is find something that you really believe in and you, you just have to do in your life. Like host an, um, a webinar, host these podcasts where people are learning information that clearly is your passion. And that's really wonderful. Uh, but find, find what is passion for you, whatever it should be. It doesn't matter as long as you don't hurt people doesn't matter what it is and you'll be very happy and then and the last thing no two things next one is one hour one hour a week just one hour a week at learning this new stuff and so because it'll take you six months but then you haven't caused more stress and you're ready and the last thing is a Tibetan word I believe the word is Maitri uh, I think that's how it's pronounced, M-A-I-T-R-I, -I, Maitri. It means loving kindness and an unconditional friendship with one's self. You are your own best friend. No one can be a better friend to you than you. So if you treat yourself like crap, excuse me, then the world will treat you like that. If you treat yourself nice and with respect, and know that there are some limits and boundaries, then the world will treat you nice and with respect. And the world will open up all of its beauty to you. Very wise words there, Dr. Tom. Thank you so much. And you can find Dr. Tom O'Brien at his website. It's www.thedr.com and also on Facebook. And so, Dr. Tom, we want to help you get to number one on Amazon, all categories. You mentioned before we started the interview that the book, You Can Fix Your Brain, is in eight categories at number one. So that's amazing. Congratulations on that. And so where can we find this? So we go to any of the Amazons and, and buy this book. Yes, yes, you can find it there. Uh, if you go to my website, 
thedr.com forward slash books. Uh, you'll see it there. And if you order it there, it takes you to Amazon. But then you also have a number of free downloads, more information that gives you guidance on how to apply some of the principles in the book. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being with me today, Dr. Tom. Thank you, Beth. Thank you so much for listening. And I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.